Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here. Just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly. That's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with monkey tennis. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here. In these unprecedented times, we've decided to do something very precedented. That's right, it's another podcaster asking you to support them. Um, we have now made, God, 90, getting on for 100 episodes of Monkey Tennis. Uh, we barely cover the cost of making it. Uh, we do it for the love and not for the cash. But um, if you have enjoyed what you've heard and you've been listening for some time, please do feel free to go to our Kofi page and chuck us the equivalent of a cup of coffee. Uh, the website is ko-fr dot com slash monkey tennis and every donation will help us to continue subjecting you to our thoughts on the world of alan partridge for many years to come and that address again is ko-fi.com slash monkey tennis thank you very much in advance for uh, any donations you may throw our way or any you already have and now on with the episode welcome to knowing me knowing you knowing me alan partridge knowing you the audience I've got a hit on my hands. Monkey tennis? Is that good therapy or balmy old cack? Conrad Knights. Monkey tennis? I'm Alan Partridge. Why are you such a kid? Lots of meaty chats. Monkey tennis? I just want you to admit that you hate Les Dennis. What is it? What is it? What is it? Monkey tennis? Okay, I'm in Manhattan. What do I do now? You are a little shit. Monkey tennis? That in England is a whore. I've taken drugs. Lord Morgan. If you speak again, Hit you. And on that bombshell, monkey tennis. Thank goodness it's radio. I never thought I'd say that. Hi, gang, and welcome to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast, where we're weaving our way through Knowing Me, Knowing You, the radio series. We're up to episode four. I'm Adam Brooks, and I'm joined by Tom Dark. 
I just want you to admit that you hate Les Dennis. Nick Older. I'm at the top of my profession. There'd be little argument about that. And Tom Stab. We're just one big happy family. So, episode four, when did this go out originally? Uh, so this was 22nd December 1992. And interestingly, this is episode five in every ruddy word for some apparent reason. Yeah, as, as we've discussed, the, the order of the episodes in the script book is not the order they broadcast on Radio 4 originally. And uh, even the CD reissues of the series are also not the broadcast order. Uh, I think maybe when we come to wrap up the series, we should discuss what we think maybe the actual original order was. Yeah, yeah. Something to discuss. Uh, they're all over the place. Yeah. Um, we find out towards the top of this episode that Alan's published a new book. Uh, this, I think this is the first reference in the APU, both to Pear Tree, Pear Tree Publications mm. in this case, and also to the book A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Stadium to Alan Partridge by, by Alan, Alan Partridge. Partridge. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love that, that this, I think this is probably included as a bit of a throwaway thing. They didn't know how big Alan would get at this point. But this book has been referenced in, you know, his bibliography mm-hmm. and things like that ever since, which is quite nice. Yeah, and I think this is one of the first major errors we made in our monkey tennis recording career when we'd gone one, one of many, one of many, because <laughs> um, I think we were talking about Alan's books output, and at the time uh, we yeah. kind of forgot to mention this. But um, we're, we're uh, better, more sought after broadcasters at this point, so everything's fine. Interestingly, well, I don't know if it's interesting, but I'll say it anyway. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It really sounds like Alan says "haha" at the beginning of this episode. Did anyone else spot that? Oh. I didn't notice it, but perhaps we can play it in now. Ha-ha! Yeah. Tom, I'd, I'd have to agree with you, yeah? Yep. yeah? Reviewing the tapes, I think you're right. It's a ha-ha. He's, he's messed up his ha-ha, <laughs> which is not okay when you consider the hard time he gives all the guests who oh. have arguably done a better job than he has. Yeah, I wonder if that's just a little slip and they just couldn't be bothered to record it because it interrupts the flow. They might have to set everything up again. It's just like, oh, just leave it, it's fine. There's a growing mound <laughs> of those little slips as we go through <laughs> yeah. this series, isn't there? Um, he uh, has a George Best story, uh, which gets gets <laughs> ruined. probably should have told us that, actually. Yeah, I was I was on ten hooks as to where this story was going to go. <laughs> it really is, uh, you know, edge of your seat stuff. Anecdotes uh, really aren't his forte, are they? I'm not sure it even works in reality as a failed joke. I didn't. I'm, I didn't think it was uh, wildly funny. Well, it's what as in like. I mean, the bottom line is he um, dings uh, George Best's car and they swap insurance details, right? Yeah, that's yeah, it. Exactly. Right. That. It's, it's not a joke. It's not even an interesting anecdote. It's just. No, but that's the point, isn't it? The joke lies in him spaffing the anecdote because oh, yeah. he should have saved the George Best bit till the end. Yeah. Um, so the first guest is a member of the royal family, apparently, um, <laughs> the Duchess of Stranra. Now, I have to say, whenever I even read the word Stranra, all I can think of is Peter Kay and Phoenix Knight saying Stranra. So uh, should, should we throw that clip in now? Because that's always fun to listen to and relive. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Sweet baby Jesus and the orphans. What the hell's going on? I, what, are my eyes dreaming, Jerry? Or have you got two hard <laughs> my eyes singing dreaming. Acapulco? <laughs> Acapulco. 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 There's not going to be an opening. Not with the pissing lighthouse family up there singing instead of grafting. Get down to Perry. Where's Alan? Well, Leslie? Stranra. Where? Stranra. Stranra? In Scotland? Today? Stranra? Oh, me angina. <laughs> hey, you want to sing a bit funeral, lads? Because it's coming. Oh, oh, love that. Just a lovely bit of comedy crossover for you there. Stranra. Re- weirdly, in every ruddy word, they've misspelled Stranra. So it's S-T-R-A-N-R-A-U-G-H in every ruddy word. Really? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I mean, you can check your one, but I'll in check, the 2003 one. Yeah. Another uh, basic error. Yeah. Um, the entry music is Dancing Queen. Um, 
but I do, she's audibly nervous. I guess that's the running mm. joke through this one is that it's Rebecca Front playing playing the Duchess of Stranra. Uh, he says Just to, to say it is also incorrect in this version. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There you go. Uh, and he says to her, "You're not like Princess Di. She's very beautiful, but <laughs> you're more of an outdoor type." I also quite liked, uh, I did a little bit of Googling about Stranra, the place, and uh, this show is referenced in the Wikipedia page for Stranra as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, oh. I used to live with someone from uh, Stranra. Stranra! Hi, Hi Ian. Um, <laughs> so I quite liked uh, Alan's sort of broad opening question. So as a royal, what do you do? It's this <laughs> thing that you have with Simon and the Child Genius. It's just like, as a child genius... What do you do? Is this a legitimate question? I mean, would would you say you've got a firm grasp on what the role and responsibilities of a member of the royal family I, I, is? I think that there's something in the question in terms of trying to understand what their day-to-day life is like, but when it's boiled down to such simplistic level and when he, he's used that line of questioning before, it's unforgivable. Yeah. I, I, th- I think the thing is, in reality, yes, I'd be keen to know what they actually do, but in terms of being a broadcast professional, you definitely wouldn't and shouldn't yeah. ask. No, no. In fact, you would think he'd have been briefed not yeah. to ask. Yeah. It's like yeah. you're, you know, you're so you're you're into your charity work and you've got such and such charity. Tell us about that instead of just these open-ended questions of say, so what do you do? I definitely think that there are parallels between um, Sue Lewis in Knowing Me, Knowing You, the TV show, with how Rebecca Front plays. The Duchess of That's Stranraer. exactly what I was going to yeah. say because I think she she's openly very nervous, like mm. Sue Lewis, and I think even like the way Alan describes her, talking about things like saying you're more of an outdoorsy type, is a is a bit like the kind of Sue mm. Lewis setup as well. Um, Alan's clearly hoping for a special visit to uh, her place, but uh, there's a bit of a misunderstanding as he wants to be invited uh, privately, but uh, he's basically being told when it's open to the public, so he can come and pay to have a look around. Yeah. Um, and we discover that she has uh, organised uh, an event at the Royal Albert Hall for Refuse, the anti-drugs charity. I check this isn't a real charity, uh, but that's effectively the reason for her, as far as she's concerned, for being on the show. Is it possible it was a real charity in 1992, though, I guess? Uh, I suppose, yeah, pre-internet days. Yeah. That is entirely possible. I've got a note where Alan says that, obviously, when they're talking about um, trying to uh, he, him trying to sort of uh, get, get in to go and visit um, the Duchess at her home... Um, Alan says that you're always welcome at Caxton Avenue and Caxton Avenue spelled in every ruddy, every ruddy word C-A-C-S-T-O-N that's not how you would spell Caxton you'd spell it with an X wouldn't you So I had it as an X yeah, in yeah. my notes and um, so not sure whether that's actually the correct spelling but I think they've got that wrong there isn't one well, in- I think you could it's it's a it's a name, isn't it? So yeah. you could spell it in a few different ways. So this is effectively a new address for Alan that we weren't familiar with before. Not twelve yeah. Cecil Road, his childhood home, so not Denton Abbey, but somewhere in between. So my question was, are we assuming that Caxton Avenue is the house, the mock up house that Yule is based on? So Alan says, This is my house, my mock up house. So he probably would have been living in Caxton Avenue at that mm. time. So that's probably a mock up of Caxton Avenue. Yeah, that's a safe assumption. So I've done a little timeline of Alan's uh, abodes, shall we say, right. throughout. So the Alan Alan's home timeline. Um, jump in if I've if I've forgotten anything. I'm, I, I've done it to the best of my ability, which isn't necessarily going to be 100 <laughs> correct. So we've got 12 Cecil Road. Uh, East Anglia Polytechnic Halls, yep. uh, Caxton Avenue, uh, the Regent's Park Apartments, the Travel Tavern, the Lamberts for 14 weeks, the Static <laughs> Home, Classic House, the House in Alpha Papa, which we don't actually know what that is, what the address is or anything, and then Denton oh, yeah. Abbey. Yeah. Yes. What I... happens to the house that he buys in Series 1 of I'm Alan Partridge? He doesn't buy it, does it? I Does guess he? we never see that either go through or fall. We don't really see we that never, play out, I don't no, think. No, we don't, yeah. I, I guess there must be something between 
uh, being in polytechnic halls and being in Caxton Avenue as well, but we just don't know what that would be. Although actually, I've noted down East Anglia polytechnic halls. He doesn't go to halls, does he? He stays oh, at no, home. He stays he, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. that he, when he's um, yeah. uh, sitting around with that girl and she's just ignoring him and smoking, <laughs> start bollock naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when he's in the hall. So he so doesn't I, actually stay there. But so I think there are probably some properties that we don't know about. Yeah. Um, I was going to say the so there's a is it a Regent's Park flat? Yes, so uh, in I Partridge, when yeah. he um, gets the gig at the, the BBC, BBC yeah, yeah. he immediately goes and uh, I don't know if he bu- I can't remember if he buys or rents uh, a property in Regent's Park. Yes, so I discovered something the other day, and I kind of wish that we'd known about this when we'd done previous series. So I was listening to an old podcast of uh, John Robbins and Ellis James on Radio X. And they had a regular feature where John would read extracts from Tony Blackburn's autobiography, which is called Poptastic, I believe. Is that right? Poptastic? I think it's called Poptastic. And it's basically, it's all real life Partridge. And it's clearly such a heavy source of inspiration for the Gibbons brothers writing the I Partridge book. And uh, the excerpt that he was reading to that I just happened to be listening to the other week, um, Tony Blackburn writes about having a Regent's Park flat. So they've obviously lifted Ah, direct details like that because in the kind of APU, it seems really random that he's done that because, I mean, obviously the joke being about him just living to extravagance, even though he doesn't really have a solid kind of career footing. But they've obviously just taken so many bits from what Tony Blackburn's written. And everything I've I've read and heard about that book so far is just all pure real life partridge. It's so good. I just wish we'd had it as a text to refer to when we'd covered the I Partridge book, for example, because I think it heavily leans upon that. It's really great. Um, so back to the Duchess. Alan uh, is basically trying to build a bit of rapport, get her out of her shell, but then uh, missteps by trying to get her to admit to getting completely rat ass. Um, <laughs> she's so aghast at this that he is then effectively apologising throughout everything she says for the next couple of minutes. Um, and then we discover that there's a personal connection to her support for Refuse, Refuse the anti-drugs charity. Her son Clive has a drugs problem. Uh, Alan refers to him as Clive the Junkie. Uh, Refuse was the charity that helped him and uh, apparently he smashed up the Cafe Royal which is a real place Yes, would we say it's actually a rare moment of humility and genuine apology from Alan here as well because he starts saying I really am genuinely sorry about that I went too far it's, normally he's she's... like saying soz, no, full sorry and that's the best you'll get Is that because, because she's... she's royalty, right? Yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Cafe Royal is a real place it's a five, currently a five star hotel in Piccadilly but um, before it was converted into a hotel uh, probably about 10 years ago or something, it was just a famous kind of high society restaurant and meeting place. It hosted the likes of Oscar Wilde, Winston Churchill, Muhammad Ali and Princess Di. Lovely. Um, as well as her son Clive, she also has a daughter Alicia, who is described as a maverick by Alan, but I think that just means she's a performance artist. Uh, there's some... <laughs> it means she doesn't really understand what yeah. she does, doesn't there's it? There's some description of, of her perfor- recent performance. She daubed herself in paint and accompanied by a pop record, which it turns out was Gary Glitter, uh, which is not dated well. <laughs> she marched backwards and forwards. It was really very powerful. Or to quote Alan, it sounds hilarious. Yeah, he's just <laughs> laughing all the way through, isn't he? He thinks it's a joke. Uh, and he's also read in yeah. the review of the performance that she was seen simulating defecation uh, on a photo of Winston Churchill. Yeah, and then, then he just goes, what's all that about? Again, it's him. <laughs> it's, it's he, he can't engage with anything that people are doing, which isn't supposed to be a level of art. It's it's just hilarious or it's wacky or it's maverick. And that's that's the only level that he can engage with it. 
Um, and he he falls into the trap we've seen with other guests already, where basically he tries to find a point of comparison between him and them and how a way that he might be better. So he says to her, I'm at the top of my profession. There's little argument about that, but you're not <laughs> at the top of yours. You're 27th in line to the throne. Um, so I did look up who is currently 27th so in I. line to the throne. <laughs> uh, that falls to Prince Henry, Duke of Gloucester, who's currently 76 years old, Best of luck with that. I also didn't realise until I looked at the lineage that Harry, uh, well, I mean, obviously, recent news events mean that Harry might not be in line for the throne anyway, but Harry is uh, actually comes after all of William's kids in terms of being in line for yeah, the throne, yeah, yeah. which oh, right. I, I didn't realise it worked like that. Seems a bit oh, unfair. So no wonder he's like, yeah, don't call me Prince Harry anymore. He doesn't care, does Yeah, he? Keep, keep having kids. <laughs> yeah. I'm off to Canada yeah, later. Yeah. I actually think that um, when you said Prince Henry, you meant Prince Richard. Um, Adam, don't people complain here again, not least of all the royal family. Uh, <laughs> We've yes. made enough mistakes as it is. Yes, uh, yes I fact-checked that. You're right. It is Prince uh, Richard, not Prince Henry, who's the Duke of Gloucester, currently 76 years old and uh, with a very slim chance of ever wearing that crown. <laughs> oh, he was born in Northampton, like me. Oh. Something in common with royalty. Uh, Alan foreshadows knowing me, knowing Yule here by imagining a bomb in a cracker at this point in the show as well. Uh, and uh, this sort of flight of fancy somehow ends up with him imagining himself as King Alan as well. There was actually a King Alan. He says the, the first, but there actually was one before. Um, there was a King Alan of Brittany uh, or Alan the Great who died in 907. Is that British though or French? Brittany. So no French. Well, no, British. Well, he, he doesn't say of Britain, does he? He just says King Alan the first. I so think... I was like, there was a King Allen. Okay, fine, fine. Uh, that's the end of the uh, royal section of the episode. Um, yeah. Coming up, Dustin Hoffman, Frank Spencer, Michael Caine. We haven't got those people, but it's a very <laughs> talented young impressionist. And this is quite nice because obviously it's it's sort of uh, a reference to, I guess, Steve Coogan's career up to this point mm. where he yes. was yeah, yeah, yeah. known very well, very much as an impressionist. And obviously that's kind of had a resurgence in the trip and things like that ever since. Um, and uh, yeah, this is someone who's booked onto the show, not by Alan, but by his researchers who mm -hmm. warned him that this guest was a bit near the knuckle. Uh, but Alan says, I'm prepared to take a chance on him. Of course, queuing up the music, take a chance on me. It's Steve Thompson. Do we all agree that his impressions are rubbish? And is that the joke? Hang on, whose impressions? Marbers. I thought they were good. No, they're not good. I th I thought they were good. Okay, that's one for yes and no, one for no. I think he's supposed to have been brought on as uh, quite an average performer. Yeah, right. I'm not saying that they're cutting edge. I just thought I thought they were quite funny. Maybe it's maybe it's just oh, I yeah, enjoyed it's, them. It's funny, but funny maybe doesn't have to be good. Confuse <laughs> funny with good. Yeah. And al and also his impressions. When you do impressions, like you're supposed to do more than he like I'm Wogan. Oh, well, that's, that's, Wogan, well, that's yeah. the thing, isn't it? Obviously, one of the jokes is Alan doesn't clock that he's doing a Wogan impression until he actually yeah. says Terry Wogan. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so Steve Thompson clearly is an early relation of ba Max Beasley and Cheeky Monkey, played <laughs> yeah, yeah. by John Thompson <laughs> in the TV series. Uh, yep. And uh, yeah, as, as I say, it's interesting knowing that Steve's talent for impressions and, and he sort of came up through similar channels, you know, maybe, I don't know, was even given a break like this on, on a show at yeah, some maybe. point. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Coogan himself was on Spitting Image from, I think, 1988 to 1992. Um, so there's definitely a bit of a basis in this. that That's, that's the world he came from. There's another nice bit where Alan's sort of uh, missing an obvious cue for any good chat show host that once you name a famous person, that's basically where you step back and let the impressionist come in and do the impression. But mm. he, uh, he he misses that entirely and he's sort of naming people, but then just carries on talking over the guy. Um and then it gets into a slightly, isn't it a slightly heated bit where he basically ends up saying, I just want you to admit that you hate Les Dennis. <laughs> um, um, well, yeah, I mean, bef before before you get to the, the Les Dennis bit, he's gone through like a list mm, of, of mm. comedians. Because uh, kind of, he's trying to lead him into that direction, saying, let's talk about this new alternative comedy thing. What is that? And obviously it's no surprise that Alan 
as a character doesn't understand the concept of alternative comedy what it's for what it's supposed to do and i wondered is that actually maybe the writing team having a not so subtle dig at audiences that don't get what they're doing with comedy like so what this team are doing with comedy perhaps as well this was the time of of alternative comedy Mm, breaking through into the mainstream yeah yeah so to alan's mind uh it's frankie howard it's the goodies it's monty python it's bernard manning it's jim davidson it's les dennis i did think it was interesting that in 1992 les dennis sits in a category with bernard manning and jim davidson i would have said yeah but then for different reasons yeah but this is this is a mixed list because obviously like the goodies and monty python definitely shouldn't be on that list at all yeah, yeah. because they're ensemble comedy that was quite alternative and cutting edge for their eras as well. And so, good as well. Yeah, so that's more just like, is that the list of all the comedians Alan can think of, basically? I also think Jim Davidson in 1992 was a very different man to what Jim Davidson in 2020 is. Oh, I don't know about that. Well, I think it was more accepted yeah, He was on primetime BBC yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah. You have to remember, he was Big on primetime BBC TV. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not like, saying his... As a presenter, yes, but his stand-up was still probably the same, but that's it was more acceptable. Completely, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that's changed. In, in, well, in the lens yeah. of 1992, I everything would, was fine. I would clarify, it wasn't more acceptable, it was more accepted. Yes, <laughs> yes. that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. Okay, so Alan says, I just want you to admit that you hate Les Dennis. <laughs> would you guys like to take a deep dive into the world of Les Dennis? Les Denis, yes please. It's time for a quiz. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Right, guys, it's the Les Dennis quiz. This is how it's going to work. I want the group consensus answer. This is true or false. We've got 15 questions. Are you ready? Yes. Born ready. All right. True. True or false, group consensus, question number one. Les Dennis's real name is Leslie Dennis Hesseltine. Yes, I think that's true. true. Correct. Question number two. Les Dennis was the host of Family Fortunes for 18 years. I think that's also true. If it's false, I think it's longer. Oh, really? Yeah, I think he did it for a long time. Let's go. That sounds like a long time. I think it sounds too long, personally. I think it's false. Go with the the majority. False. False. It is false. Uh, It was 15 years. Well done. Still quite a long time. Yeah. Question number three. Whilst at school, Les Dennis had a Saturday job in Burton's. 
we're perfectly plausible, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. True. It's true. You guys are on a roll. <laughs> Question number four. Les Dennis has a daughter called Denise. Ooh. Oh, it seems like too much yeah. of a coincidence. Yeah, I think false. It's like Let's, Danny Dyer and Danny Dyer. <laughs> Let's go false. False. You're correct. <laughs> You're nailing this so far. Question number five. In 1996, Les Dennis was the victim of a Noel Edmonds gotcha. Gotta be true. Uh, Definitely could be true. Yes. Yeah. Well, Edmonds was doing house party around then, so yeah. I, it feels a bit neat and convenient. Yeah. I'm, I'm leaning towards false. I think true. Adam? I'm going to say true because I want it to be true. Okay. So great consensus is true? True. Yep. You're right. You're yeah. on a roll. That's five on five. Question six. In 2006, Les Dennis starred in a musical production of Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> a musical production of Hamlet starring Les Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's, let's break that down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, what I will say is I was quite surprised the amount of things Les Dennis has done doing the research for this. That's all I am saying. Um, well, he's leading us down the path of true, isn't he? Yeah, I was going to say yeah. false. It's going to be something like... You haven't seen the other question. I mean, a mus- yeah, a musical version. Of, it's not musical. I'm going to say false it's as false. Yeah, yeah, false. false. It's false. Yeah. Question number seven. In 2012, Les Dennis starred in the musical production of Legally Blonde. I oh, think. no. That, I think, is yeah. more plausible. Yeah, much more plausible. Yeah, yeah. let's go true. Yeah. yeah. It's seven <laughs> on seven. <laughs> we know Les Dennis. <laughs> in 2017, Les Dennis starred in the musical production of The Addams Family. Oh, oh, as who though? Yeah, I mean he, he, again, perfectly plausible that he did. I don't remember I, a musical no, Adams Family. I think I would know. I would notice that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. False. I think I'm gonna go false. False. For that. I think as well. I think false as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're saying false. Yeah. Yep. It is. I've changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying false. It is. <coughs> it's true. Oh, what? Do you know who he played? Uh, I can tell you. Hang on. I think it was Fester. <laughs> wow. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, he played Uncle Fester in the musical production of that. Wow. Brilliant. Question number nine. Les Dennis said his appearance as a fictionalised version of himself in extras in 2005 was, quote, not one of his wisest moves. Oh, true. I, I, I feel like I've read that interview. Oh, what, you think he regrets it? Oh, I, I actually know, because I heard him do an interview with Richard Herring where he was trying to argue that it was actually very redemptive and Richard Herring was saying, mm, I think you've made a bit <laughs> of a tit of yourself. Uh, <laughs> cock goes in funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's Cheggers. That's Cheggers, oh, that's Cheggers. of course yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, being an idiot. Yeah, God, of course it is. God rest funny, his soul. Um, oh, I'm, I'm going to say Cheggers dead? Yes. yes. Oh, I missed that. I'm going to say true. I'm going to say Cheggers. I'm going to say this is true. Just to point out, we definitely, when Keith Chegwin died, we definitely did post about it on the Monkey Tennis socials as well. So I don't know how you missed it. Mm. Okay, sorry. Anyway, what's the group answer? I true. don't know now. Tom Stubb's trying to deal with grief in real time. <laughs> <laughs> this quiz is Sorry, you're, you're still processing true, this. True, true. I think true. true. I think he said that. I think he said that. So he said it was not one of his wisest moves. Yeah, yes. I can confirm that that is oh. false. He said it changed his life. Wow. wow. Question number 10. Les Dennis said his appearance in Celebrity Big Brother changed his life. <laughs> mm. uh, oh, okay. Probably. I see what's happened here. I think that's false. And I think he said that Celebrity Big Brother was one of the worst things he's ever done. Yeah. Yeah. Good shout. Correct. You've yeah. seen what I've done there. Yes. Just a bit of fun. There we go. <laughs> Question number 11. Alongside appearing as himself in extras, Les Dennis also appeared as himself in episodes. Obviously, the sitcom starring friend of the show, Stephen Mangan. Oh, I don't remember seeing that episode of episodes, but I haven't seen all of them. I only watched the first series and I don't remember. Um, Can say false? Let's go. False. 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 Correct. Question 12. We're nearly there. In 2018, 
Norwich suffered a spate of graffiti across the city that simply said Les Dennis. Is that, that true, true or is it yes. false? It, I, it will. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. true. Yeah. Wow. You're saying okay. true? Okay, yeah. I'll go true. It's true he took to Twitter to deny his responsibility. <laughs> Question 13. I love that he felt compelled to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Question 13. Les Dennis has appeared in The Bill, Casualty and Holby City. It's the holy trinity of television appearances. Is that true or is it false? I think it's true. I'm going to go true as well. As, uh, a, as a young as a young lady. Let's say true. It's true. Of course he bloody has. Question 14. Les Dennis took part in a walk that was televised by the BBC. I mean, that doesn't sound like much of a programme. I'm going to say I'm going to say true. I'm going to say true because I think you've thrown it in because it sounds like Nomad, but also the details are vague enough that it's probably true. Yeah, true. Okay. It's true. It was Pilgrimage to Road to Rome, which aired on BBC Two in 2019. And yeah, it's pure real-life poetry, isn't it? Great. Uh, final question then, and unfortunately we've not had much of this. <laughs> <laughs> really great yeah. in question number 15 in 2019 Les Dennis denied permission for a bar to be named after him in Norwich is that true or is it false false uh, so, what's the connection why Norwich well I don't know but that's where the graffiti happened as well uh, I, I would lean to false as well but yeah. at okay. this point I, I for, for the record I think it's true but let's go false because that's the majority Annoyingly, that's correct. Um, um, it is false, uh, but that this basically I've just twisted the facts here. It was actually a bar in Brighton that wanted to name themselves after him. He denied their permission, so the bar named itself the Cease and Desist. <laughs> so oh. how many did we get right? Uh, I think 14 out of 15, wasn't it? Uh, four, yeah, uh, 13, 13 or 14. I think, yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> you just had to do that. Yeah. Pod- I mean, we didn't get to use it enough, unfortunately. <laughs> Any more? No. <laughs> <laughs> Please, please, please do donate that three pounds. Yeah. <laughs> we need the production budget. <laughs> um, so this gets to, I mean, this this guest, the impressionist here, gets to a point where he's basically just performing for Alan's entertainment, regardless of who's listening at home. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Alan's like, yeah, do the next one, do the next one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he does say, I do voices on Spitting Image at one point, the, the guest, which obviously, as we've said, Steve did too. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of like Steve Coogan interviewing himself in an alternative universe. Steve but, on Steve. And then it gets even more meta as Alan thinks that Spitting Image are making a puppet of him to, yeah, to feature in future. But it turns out he's not, <laughs> not important enough. No. Um, and then he tries to, he, he hears that the impressionist does an impression of him. So he's yeah. like, please do it, please do it. That's, That's why, why you're on, on the show. show. Do Alan Partridge. Just to uh, take it back a step, Alan says, you're talking to a man who's been debagged at a pharmaceutical conference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this is, we already know that Alan was debagged in, in a, a comic, comic, relief, relief, comic yeah. relief sketch. Um, so he's been debagged twice. Yeah, I'd forgotten that detail. Uh, I also thought the bit where he's pushing him in to do the Frank Spencer uh, impression towards the end of this. I wonder if that's maybe what used to happen to Coogan in the early days. People would just be pushing him to do things, and that's kind of where this bit of scripting came from. I think he still does like, get come pushed. Come on, do your Frank things. Spencer. Come on, do yeah, Dan, yeah. do Aha, do it. Yeah. Be a performing monkey. Yeah. Dance, Colin, dance. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so when the impression of Alan Partridge kicks off, he uh, refers to Sports Desk, so it kind of ties back into yeah. the APU. Uh, he describes Alan, well, he he pretends Alan describes himself as the non-thinking man's Elton Wellsby, who was a TV sports presenter at the time. Uh, and he also gives the impression that Alan's desperate to be on TV, which, of course, we know is true. Um, but Alan says to him, uh, now that, Sunshine, is a libelous. Did you see that uh, quite recently Elton Wellsby was a bit controversial in 2018 to be... To be fair, he was aged 67 at the time. He was branded sexist and out of date by Twitter users after claiming that female commentators are just not good enough. 
So I've been mean, to be fair, that does kind of line up with Alan in the nineties as well. Yeah, mm. I think he's got him banged to rights here. Um, and then there's a bit here with lots of there's, there's a lot of repetition, which I found was quite drawn out and not particularly great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the ending the to this bit isn't particularly great, I don't think. No, and the impression of him doing an impression of Alan Partridge and just copying what he's saying isn't as well particularly good or funny. I preferred his Frank Spencer personally. I liked at the end of his Alan impression when he's saying, let me on the telly, let me on the telly. That's just a nice, um, that's nicely drawn through from the previous episode where he's saying, I want to be on the telly. So it's a nice cementing of that character aspect. Yeah, that's um, true. But yeah, with with the repetition bit, it's like, there's just not a great payoff to that, is there? What I did enjoy is that we do get another uh, threat of violence from Alan where he says, I will physically hit you. (laughs) Um, At least he gave a warning that time. Yes. But again, there's this through line of violence that crops up again and again where Alan is thinking quite frequently about hitting people he has a very bad temper he did admit that yeah. but simmers down at the end just long enough to say quick question before you go steve what's the name of the researcher that booked you <laughs> oh dear that's the end of that oh yeah call. is it lisa no it must have been jason then <laughs> yeah and there's also the weird reference at the end when he's like um umberto echo and alan's obviously says what's umberto echo instead of who mm. um so he, he I, I had to i had to look this up i don't know if anybody else was familiar with that same with i'm him. pretty sure we covered it at university on the course that we did tom um, well, I mean, we weren't in the same, we weren't we in were every l- same class. We did do the same course, though. Okay, was so co- tell me all about it. Well, I don't remember anymore, but that's not <laughs> the point. I'm just saying we did cover it at university. Well, an Italian novelist, literary critic, philosopher, semiotician, university. Yeah, it's where we did semiotics, I'm sure. You know, Great, well, I don't remember. Oh, well, that was money well spent on those <laughs> tuition fees. <laughs> Go on, tell us about Umbro Echo. I just have. Umbro? Oh, okay. Umbro? <laughs> Umbro Echo. Umberto yeah. Eco. That was money well spent. Please, if you have a spare second, go to ko-fi.com slash monkey tennis and drop us the price of a cup of coffee so these two perks go back to university and do a master's in Umberto Echo. Uh, so the next guest is a government minister, a junior minister for housing uh, who started on Norfolk County uh, yeah, County Council, uh, Sandra Peaks, who is here effectively to clear her name. Yeah, this I would say when you were saying earlier that Simon, um, the child genius, was your favourite uh, sort of guest. I think mm. this is probably mine. Really? Mm. Yeah, I like this one. Mm. Uh, gimme, gimme, gimme is her walk on music, which yeah. turns out to be uh, eerily prescient and yeah. inappropriate. <laughs> Uh, yeah, basically, she's been on holiday with seventeen-year-old uh, twins, and uh, and someone snapped some sh- compromising shots. Whoa, 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 there's so much more to yeah, come yeah, yeah, before yeah, we yeah. get to this. Please go what, ahead. What I did enjoy is that, um, so they're obviously both from Norwich and there's a, there is a connection that we find out a bit more between Alan and um, yeah. Sandra a little bit later on in the um, documentary. But I did enjoy that uh, both from Norwich and uh, Alan calls it the little island in the bog. But even before then, I'd really like the detail. He, he's saying there's no time to clap, there's no time. I think what you see is he often chastises the audience when he's annoyed with what's happened with a guest. So the last interview's gone really badly. The audience are clapping for the next person. He just wants to move on and get it out of the way. Right, yeah. So the other uh, point I wanted to make with uh, Sandra before we go uh, any further is uh, I think the reason that uh, Alan has got her on the show um, at this stage, so before we find out what happens in the documentary, is that she has helped clear some gypsies. I think that that is something that Alan is obviously happy about. Yeah, so I think we know that Alan has a long-running hatred of gypsies, but then I think there's also an angle you could take on this, that is it actually hinting towards a, a feud with local gypsies, which I think is kind of suggested in, there was an early comic relief, when he talks about um, he's kind of having an imagined conversation with uh, some travellers when he's saying, this is private property, clear up your stuff, you're not wanted, go to South End, there's plenty of waste ground there. So it's not it's not a generic thing. I think this is like, 
he's had a very local dispute with some gypsies and that's mm. why that's why he d- dislikes them strongly. And I think that translates into a general, uh, that does turn into a general dislike of the gypsy yeah. community, yeah, 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 for example, exactly, yeah. on Alpha Papa when he's trying to use the rifle on the pier and the damn gypsies have tampered with the sights. Yeah. <laughs> or, or even in this time when he talks about, um, what is it, a, a caravan in a lay-by or a burger van in a lay-by. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a recurring theme. So Alan supported Sandra by shouting through a loud hailer. He doesn't go into much more detail than that. Yeah. But presumably he's joined her on a march or gone down there to shout at uh, people living in the caravans. I mean, he did say also he didn't want to disclose his political affiliations uh, on the show, but that would be inappropriate. But suffice to say, on April 10th, we all breathed a sigh of relief. I think we all know what his political affiliations are <laughs> without him saying any more, don't we? So the story um, with Sandra Peaks is that she has gone on holiday with two boys uh, who who have been seen to be putting baby oil on her legs and tummy. And the headline was... Uh, Twin Peaks. Ah, probably a reference to her ample bosom, I'd presume. Uh, it was actually just to the fact that her name is Peaks uh, and she was with two twins. Ah, that'll be it. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although it does work both ways because it sounds like she does have a larger bust. Well, if you have a tawdry mind, yes. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> My and God, so, you're busty. <laughs> and so here come the two young lads. Craig and Matt Bradley are invited onto the show as something of a, well... I guess not a surprise. She's not surprised. She knew they were coming on, right? Yes. But yeah. but, she, but she thought for different purposes than, than it turns out. Well, yeah, they were coming well, on to clear her name, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. she thinks okay. that they're there to back up her story. Yeah, that's, which that's they initially the do. Yeah, initially. Um, and it transpires that uh, her husband, Brian, has employed some 250 boys uh, in his construction firm in the last two months alone. So there's definitely something um, going on here. And Alan smells, uh, well, some someone here smells deeply of fish, Alan says. <laughs> Uh, we also learn that Alan, like these two uh, uh, formerly homeless boys, takes hospitality, food and drink home with him at the end of uh, the show. Yeah. Clears out the BBC dressing rooms. Why wouldn't you? Um, and yeah, I mean, the cracks begin to show in their story immediately, don't they? Uh, one of them just keeps repeating. They're just like one big happy family. Yeah. Uh, the other one grasses her up as having been topless uh, on holiday with them. That's a great thing. They've clearly been coached, but they've only been given one line. So they've got nothing else to back it up with. As yeah, well. yeah. And it's completely inappropriate. But Alan um, essentially asks them live on TV if he can buy their story. Oh, and they immediately throw her under the bus. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> This is actually quite unusual because it's even though he's doing it in quite an unethical way, this is Alan almost trying to get a kind of journalistic scoop here, which isn't the sort mm. of thing he normally does. I mean, mm. obviously he's trying to dish dirt, but he's also trying to get a proper headline out of it. But this is the bit in we'll come we'll come to cover it in the documentary where yeah. you can kind of hear Ianucci playing the producer yes. uh, talking to Alan through the earpiece, like, yes, yes, dude, like kind of encouraging yeah, him. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And it's interesting that the producers well, sorry, Alan says that the producers have said that the boys can have 16k and then Alan says that he'll top it up with 4k to make it 20k that's important yeah. for the documentary yes and we'll cover that yeah, so in a later episode so does that mean in terms of in, in the APU here that the show have planned that they're going to try and execute this thing and they've already cleared yes we're willing to go up to yes. 16,000 pounds to yes. get this expose out I yeah. think so and I think that's why Alan is shushing the audience at the start of this because he knows that he's got more to get through than, than everybody thinks very good because yeah, he's, yeah. he's prepared this expose there's no time there's no time so yeah, yeah. yeah. But, the, good. but the key thing is is that Alan has been told the producers will pay 16,000 pounds yep and that's fine. Tell you what, tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> Until the end of the show. <laughs> and so, uh, and so, yeah, once they hit that, t- that 20 grand sweet spot, the, uh, the, the boys start yapping. They're rent boys. They do everything. <laughs> she dressed them like dogs, metal clanking leads, made them bark. They had to eat dog food. She made her husband drink milk from the shower. 
Do you think that's true, or do you reckon they're just saying the first things that come to well, come into Alan their head? asks for physical evidence, and that's when oh, Matt, yeah, get, when yeah, Matt yeah. gets his bum out. Yeah. Um, so oh, yeah, they yeah. do have physical so evidence they, to show. Exactly. And, and the, re- the, the repetition early on when he's saying that they're just like one big happy family, the way he says that is clearly hiding something. So I think yeah. it, it, I think some at least some of these revelations are genuine. I love how much he's relishing the scandal as well. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's awful. Any more? Yeah. And yeah. He's like, this is terrible, but I want to hear all about it. And when Matt gets his bum out, he, he, he feels the need to describe it he goes it's a normal bum with two <laughs> cheeks but welks but welts inflicted by a minister of the crown <laughs> do, do we think it scans quite well that they do uh break immediately as well because alan at, at the start of this kind of sting as it were alan just says it's all a bit too squeaky clean come on lads bottom line i've got a checkbook here how much to spill the beans and you know it's sixteen thousand pounds is not enough so that's when alan has to dip into his own pocket because he's so desperate to make sure they get the expose but you know, it only takes a matter of seconds to be like, yeah, we will give you the dirt as well, which I think is quite funny. Yeah, I think that they have no allegiance. They're just happy to go with whoever the paymaster yeah, like, is. <laughs> £16,000, not enough. 20 yes, please. You've yeah. got a deal. We're rent boys. There's dog food. It's all very sordid. Yeah. Um, That's so disgusting. Tell me more. It's another one of those where he he's he ends on that bombshell, but it actually is a proper bombshell, really. Also, I really enjoyed, um, so we find out uh, that Sandra sort of, Sandra walks off and subsequently has resigned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then goes, yes, we broke a woman. We broke her as if it's a real badge he of honour. Properly celebrating. He really, really sees it as a badge of honour that he has uh, ensured that a woman has had to resign and has been humiliated and broken on national TV. If you think about it, it's quite interesting. When this interview starts, he's very much on side with Sandra Peaks. They've kind of got a political affiliation. He's, he supported her, campaigned for her. She's helped potentially remove mm-hmm. gypsies from near his land. He's but, lit, he'll do anything it takes to get a headline in a story for his show. No, no, no. But I think that this is one to pick up later. But I think there's a okay. reason that you find out in the documentary, which we'll cover in a later show, that might explain why he's doing this. Uh, I, okay, I think I know where you're going. Yeah, we'll, we'll save it. Save it. More of that to come. So I think that brings us to the end of episode four of Knowing Me, Knowing You, the radio show. Uh, if you've got any thoughts on this episode or the series as a whole, thepartridgepod at gmail.com is our email address. We're at facebook.com slash thepartridgepod, Twitter at thepartridgepod, Instagram at monkeytennispod, and the Monkey Tennis hotline is 07923 600 Also, if you've enjoyed any of our oh, almost 85, 86 episodes, I think, so far of Monkey Tennis, you can go to ko-fi.com slash monkeytennis and shout us a coffee, or if you're feeling very, very generous, uh, a coffee for the whole crew. Even Jed gets one. Well, maybe I'll have two. Um, (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast from all of us here. We'll see you next week. Uh, Thanks and goodbye. Goodbye. Welcome to Knowing Me, Knowing You, Knowing Me, Alan Partridge, Knowing You, the audience. I've got a hit on my hands. Monkey tennis? Is that good therapy or balmy old cack? Conrad Knight's Monkey tennis? I'm Alan Partridge. Why are you such a tip? Lots of meaty chats. Monkey tennis? I just want you to admit that you hate less tennis. What is it? What is it? What is it? Monkey tennis? Okay, I'm in Manhattan. What do I do now? You are a little shit. Monkey tennis? That in England is a whore. I've taken drugs! Lord Morgan. If you speak again, physically hit you and on that bombshell monkey tennis thank goodness it's radio i never thought i'd say that witness history at roland garros where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground tennis channel plus is your place to watch stream every court from your phone or smart tv live in hd 
Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.